The Productive Woman, Episode 238. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode. We'll be talking about our self-evaluation and how it affects our productivity. You'll find more information and links to resources I mentioned all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 238. This episode is brought to you by Blinkist and by Swap.com. If you're looking for a tool that will help you learn from the best nonfiction books out there in 15-minute bite-sized pieces, check out Blinkist, the only app that gives you the best key takeaways from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. To give it a try, visit Blinkist.com TPW for a free seven-day trial. That that's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash TPW. I'll talk a little bit more about them later on in the show, but right now I want to talk about a new sponsor for The Productive Woman, Swap.com. I don't know about you, but shopping for clothes is not a favorite pastime of mine. I enjoy clothes, but I really don't enjoy paying high prices for the brand name clothes I like. And I really don't enjoy going from store to store looking for good sales and then standing in line with everyone else who's out for a bargain. That's why I'm happy to have found Swap.com. Swap.com is a site that allows us to stop driving to store after store and sifting through racks of clothes. You can easily search through millions of clothing items in seconds on Swap.com's website or in their mobile app. They have easy to use filters to help you find what you need in seconds. My first time on the site, I found a couple of really cute dresses, name brands, and a top that I loved. In just a couple minutes, I was able to order them at great prices. I paid less than $50 for all three pieces. And then I went on about my day and I did all this on my laptop while sitting on my own couch. My order will arrive in just a few days. And if something doesn't fit, they offer hassle-free returns within 30 days. Swap.com has something for the whole family. So they've got women's, men's, juniors, kids clothing, baby things, and maternity clothes. So if you're in that stage of life where you're expecting a baby, you can get really cute maternity clothes, name brand stuff at great prices. You can save up to 90% off retail prices on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. And they have a special offer for listeners of The Productive Woman. Just go to swap.com slash TPW. And on the site there, you can sign up to get free shipping on your first purchase. Make sure to enter your email address there in the space they'll provide for it to get that offer. Swap.com offers a convenient and low risk way to give online thrifting a try. Get the clothes you like and save money without the hassle. So that's swap.com slash TPW to try that out. Okay, so let's get into the topic for this week's episode. This was inspired by 
conversations I've had uh, over the years and several of them recently, honestly, kind of too many conversations with women who are trying to figure out how to fix themselves, who feel like they're doing things, they're doing life wrong while others have it all figured out and kind of lamenting that, you know, what's wrong with me that other people have got it figured out and why, why can't I? And I have to confess, I have felt that way myself over the years. I feel that way sometimes now. But what I keep thinking and have been thinking as I've been listening to and participating in these conversations, what I want to say to those women, what I want to say to myself and what I want to say to you is, you know what, there's nothing wrong with you. There really isn't. And so I want to talk about this whole issue of why we think there's something wrong with this. Um, There is a problem, I think, among many of us as women, prevalent feelings of inadequacy and failure. And one of the things that triggered my decision to to sit down and, and do this episode, do some research and do some thinking about this is uh, Annabelle recently shared an article in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. The article's title was Mothers Are Drowning in Stress. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's from psychologytoday.com. And uh, it was an interesting article. In it, there's a sociologist who's quoted as saying, I want American mothers to stop thinking that somehow their conflict is their own fault. And if they tried a little harder, got a new schedule, woke up a little earlier every morning, used the right planner or the right app, they could somehow figure out the key to managing their stress. And that's just not the case is what this sociologist says. And they're talking about American women, but I, from my conversations and the emails that I get from listeners, it's not just American women that are struggling with this stress. Maybe some communities in some parts of the world have it uh, a little better that are not as stressed out, but certainly in Western culture, it seems to be an epidemic. And the thing is, and what this article is talking about is we blame ourselves if I could just find the right tool, if I could just get up earlier, if I could just, you know, be more disciplined, I wouldn't be so stressed out. And that is such a common lament that I'm hearing. And frankly, that I feel from time to time, you know, we, we can't, we feel like we can't keep up, we feel frazzled and overwhelmed a lot of the time, or we're not accomplishing our goals. And we feel like, you know, we look around at the people we know, or the people we see on TV or on YouTube or whatever. And we think other women seem to be doing it all, or at least doing more than I am. And what's wrong with me that I can't do what she did, that I can't accomplish what she accomplished. Or sometimes this comes out and we're, we're just, we feel bad because we have so much to be grateful for, yet we feel sad or unfulfilled or anxious or whatever it is. And, and we think, what is wrong with me? I have nothing to feel anxious or stressed about. I have so much. What is wrong with me? This, to me, contributes to feelings of isolation because we feel like we're the only one that's struggling with this. Everybody we see seems to have it together in a way that we don't. 
And we've talked about this in the past quite a while ago, way back in previous episodes. I want to say it was clear back in episode 63. We talked about one manifestation of this feeling of inadequacy and failure and of something being wrong with us, and that's imposter syndrome. And one article I read recently notes that over 70% of people report experiencing imposter syndrome at some point in their career. And this article is called, Why Do So Many Women Feel Like Frauds? And it's a really good article, and I'll have a link to this in the show notes for this episode. Imposter syndrome is something uh, lots of people struggle with, and particularly women. And as I said, uh, back in episode 63, we kind of focused on that topic of imposter syndrome and some of the research about it, and how ironic it is that highly accomplished women, women that we would look at and think, wow, she's just done so much of value. Uh, are very, very likely to suffer from imposter syndrome, this feeling of, I didn't earn what I've got, I'm just lucky, Uh, any day now they're going to figure out I'm not that good at what I'm doing. And we look at this, we feel these things, and we think, what is wrong with me? Well, I, I think there's nothing wrong with you. As I've said, I have these feelings myself. And for me, one of the ways that I can catch myself I don't don't know if beating up on myself is the right word, but when things aren't as together at home or I'm not doing a a good job in my mind of managing things, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, you know, because lots of things are coming at me or I feel like I'm not getting things done well, or when I feel like I can't get myself to do something that I want or need to do, something that's been on my to-do list for a period of time, I feel like a failure and a fraud because y'all, I host a podcast about productivity and people seem to think that I, you know, that means that I know something about productivity. And what I know is what I've learned over the years in trying to figure these things out for myself. And yet... I feel like what's wrong with me? I talk about these things. I've studied these things. I know these things. Why am I not doing better? What I'm having to recognize is that we all have areas where we do better and areas where we struggle. And that doesn't mean something's wrong with us. So why do we think that? And, you know, if you're, if you're a person who never feels that, never asks this, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get this thing done? Or why can't I accomplish as much as, you know, this person down the road or that I see on TV? If, if you're not a person that struggles with that, send me an email. I want to learn from you how you have managed to sort of conquer those feelings that so many of us have. I think those, those struggles come from a lot of different sources. Most of it is personal expectations. Maybe they've come from our upbringing, from our family of origin, the, the messages that were conveyed to us intentionally or, or, or overtly or not about what we ought to be doing, what we ought to be capable of doing. Sometimes we internalize those personal expectations of, of what we ought to be able to accomplish. And we feel like there's something wrong if we're not. I think those feelings are fed by media, TV, movies, blogs, all sorts of things, expressions of those societal expectations of women that, you know, in the commercials, 
skills. We need to do it all, be it all, and look good doing it. And that feeds into that when we struggle. And I think in particular, social media really has contributed to this. We get, I think, an unrealistic view of what everyone, and I'm you know, using air quotes around the word everyone, but this unrealistic view of what everyone else is doing and a feeling that we come up short by comparison. Uh, and and finally, we live in a day and an age where there are so many opportunities for us as women. And I don't want to exclude the men who are listening, because I know you're out there. And I suspect you feel some of the same sort of thing. But I, I'm focusing, I think, particularly on women. We live in a time when women have more opportunities to do and accomplish and experience more things than past generations of women have been able to do. But each one of those opportunities brings with it obligations and commitments and expectations. And sometimes we have this feeling that if we don't take advantage of all those opportunities, we're not being all we can be. And we feel like we ought to be able to do that and that there's something wrong if we can't. Well, so we, you know, we're in this discussion about this feeling that there's something wrong with me because I'm not accomplishing all I should. And the result of this, whatever the source of it may be, is that we have a harder time enjoying our lives because we're, we're always carrying around in the back of our mind, this low level anxiety, sometimes more high level, but often low, this background noise that in our heads of that, we're not doing it the way we should, that we're not living up, that we're not measuring up, we're not accomplishing it, we're not doing it right, whatever right is. And so we don't enjoy our lives as much as we could. Um, Sometimes the result is that we hesitate to try the things that we dream of doing because we fear failure. We feel looking bad uh, and not measuring up, not accomplishing it. And sometimes that comes from that we've, you know, honestly, we've let ourselves down in the past. We have made a commitment to do something that we want to do, and then we haven't followed through for whatever reason. And we, so we don't trust ourselves to do it this time. And I, you know, I feel that at times. But the other result of this um, feeling of failure, this feeling of something's not quite right, that I'm doing it wrong, I, I think it causes us to put up walls that interfere with authentic and deep connection with other people. Uh, this is a big part of why I started this podcast almost five years ago, because my experience is I've seen uh, both personally and conversations I've had with other women is we this feeling that, well, other people have this thing, whatever it is, figured out, and I'm struggling. I'm, I think I'm the only one. And if I admit that I don't have it figured out, that I'm not doing well, that I'm not happy all the time or whatever the thing is that people will look down on me. So I, we put up a wall to keep people from getting close enough to see what failures we are as we perceive it. And that prevents us from connecting with each other. And so when I launched this podcast uh, back in 2014, my goal was to open up a conversation. Can we talk about these things honestly and transparently and say, I don't have this figured out. 
I've got a couple answers though here that maybe will help. I would like to learn from you because if we can bring down those walls, if we can talk about where we're struggling and where, where we feel like we're, you know, we're coming up with some solutions and we share those with each other as a group collectively, we can help each other move forward, feel better about things and, and make a life that matters as we each define it individually. And I'm not talking about wallowing in our failures. I'm not talking about spending all our conversations, um, you know, talking about what a mess we are, but being willing to admit, I don't, I don't get this. You know, my kitchen covers are a disaster or my closet is stuffed to the gills or I haven't worked out for, you know, X weeks and I want to, or whatever the area is that we're struggling. If we can talk about that a little bit, admit it and say, you seem like you've got it figured out. How are you doing it? One of two things will happen. Either whoever we talk to is going to say, what are you talking about? I don't have that figured out. I, I thought you had it figured out. Or she's going to say, well, I struggle in other areas, but in this area, this tool has helped me, or this system has helped me, or this approach has helped. Um, and, and so that's why I want to have this conversation, why I felt like it was important to talk about this right now for, for all of our sakes, because if we feel like something's wrong with us and we let that create a wall between us and other people, we're just going to continue on feeling frustrated and inadequate and like a failure. And we're not going to be able to support other people or learn from them. So those are my thoughts kind of on the, the prevalence of this idea, the sources of these feelings of inadequacy, the results they have, what are some solutions? Well, I'm hoping that you're going to offer some. I'm hoping I'll hear from you with uh, areas that you have found some solutions that are working for you. But here are some thoughts that I had, both my ideas and, and then I went out into, you know, into the Google sphere and did some research on what other people are saying about these sorts of things and what we can do to solve it. And the first one I would say is for us to really recognize and internalize the truth that everyone struggles. It's part of being human that sometimes we do well, sometimes we don't. There are areas that we excel in and areas that we flop in. Some things are harder than others, um, harder for us than maybe they are for other people for various reasons or harder than we think they should be. And one writer that I was looking at in an article on how to stop feeling inadequate, which again, I'll have a link in the show notes, that writer said, insecurity is part of the human condition. In fact, it's necessary the writer says a healthy dose of self-doubt helps us monitor ourselves and our behavior is necessary to spark introspection and motivates us to grow and change. We doubt ourselves so we can check ourselves, which allows us to get along better with our fellow humans and ultimately keeps the species going. And I loved that perspective that, you know, if you, if you think you're awesome all the time, um, well, that's great for you, but you might be missing an area or two where maybe you're not as awesome as you think you are. The, the, what this writer is saying is questioning ourselves 
can help motivate us to grow and improve and get better. And so if we can take that perspective, if we, rather than just thinking, what is wrong with me? Why can't I do X? But just to recognize of, okay, I could do better in that area. How could I do better? What could I do to improve in that area and take steps to grow and change? And whether that's asking somebody else or taking a class or whatever, but let those areas where we're not excelling in the way we'd like to be a catalyst for change and growth in ourselves. So, but recognizing that everybody feels that except maybe psychopaths and you're not a psychopath. So it's, it's normal to feel inadequate in places. It's normal to try and fail. Um, The question is what you do with that. Do you beat yourself up with it or do you take a step to improve? The second thing is kind of related to the first one, and that's to change our mindset. And that whole, for me, it starts with awareness, becoming aware of when you're judging yourself harshly, pay attention to what you're thinking about yourself and others. And when you're comparing yourself to others and recognizing that you don't know the whole story, you know, we've talked before about how harmful it is to, when we compare our insides to other people's outsides, we only see a piece of somebody else's life and we don't know the reality of it all. So comparison, I forget who it is that said comparison is the thief of joy and it really is. And so sometimes a starting point for getting past this and recognizing there's nothing wrong with you because of failures or struggles, it starts with changing your mindset and starting to pay attention to the talk that's going on inside your mind, what you're thinking about yourself and others. And then to, as you become aware of it, start to be intentional about your self-talk. When you catch yourself saying, what is wrong with me? What, you know, why am I such a failure? Whatever those things are, turn that around and recognize and say to yourself, maybe you stand in the mirror, look at yourself in the eye and say these things out loud, but at least turn your internal self-talk around to say, I'm okay. I do have worthwhile contributions to make to the world. Uh, and and part of that being intentional is is to start intentionally and purposefully looking for and acknowledging your strengths instead of focusing on your weaknesses and to acknowledge and recognize that we all have both weaknesses and strengths. And there may be areas you're struggling in, but there is something you're good at. There is something you are achieving and find that, notice it and give yourself credit for it recognizing that life is hard and we have a lot of roles that we play. And this kind of goes back to uh, the article that I quoted at the beginning that Annabelle shared in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. And then she commented on that, uh, the article, and she said, and I'm quoting here from Annabelle's comment in the Facebook group. She says, my cousin, who's a working mom of three, once explained it to me that she visualizes having different buckets for your different roles and relationships, one for your children, one for your job, one for your friends, etc. You go around filling your buckets, but you can only fill one at a time, maybe two if you're really lucky and squeeze them close together. So don't stress when one bucket is getting filled at the detriment of the others. Just know that you'll need to go and fill those other buckets next 
while the other one takes a break. Uh, Annabelle said, this analogy has helped me feel less guilty over the years, and maybe it will help you too. And it really does. Thank you, Annabelle, for that thought. I think it's a really profound thought that we are all doing a lot of different things. We play a lot of different roles in life. We have different areas of commitments, whether it's a job and our family and, you know, parents and friends and self-care and all those things. And we can't always be every minute perfectly paying attention to every one of those. And so if for a season you're focusing on one area and filling that bucket, you just recognize that, okay, now I need to turn to this other bucket and fill that and um, not feel guilty and not beat yourself up and not think there's something wrong for you because you can't keep filling all those buckets simultaneously, perfectly all the time. The other thought on this and changing your mindset is recognizing that you're okay. You really are okay. There is nothing wrong with you. You're just a human being and that's okay. Uh, And another article that I read that I I would encourage you to, to maybe copy this quote down and I'll put a link in the show notes so you can get it because this is really important for us to internalize. And this is um, from the tiny Buddha blog and a, a post called 10 ways. I know there's nothing wrong with you or me. And this is what the writer said. You will never become someone. You are someone right now, whether you influence millions of people or mean the world to just one person. Your impact is powerful, whether you realize it or not. And that is true. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter where, what role you play in life or who, who you're around or what sorts of things you're doing, you are someone important and valuable right now. And there's nothing wrong with you if you're not living life perfectly all the time. You have an impact on the world and on the people around you. And you can use that to encourage yourself that you can make a difference and you are making a difference right now. You don't have to get better or be perfect to make a difference in the world. So recognizing that everybody struggles, changing your mindset towards those struggles to acknowledge that it's just part of the human condition. There are some other suggestions on dealing with these areas where we're feeling like we're not living up or not measuring up. And some of these come from an article we discussed back in that episode 63 about overcoming imposter syndrome that I thought were valuable and we're sharing. Again, these are suggestions offered in an article from the American Psychological Association. Association. So some practical steps we can take. If it's a, there's an issue at work where you feel like you're failing or you're not measuring up, talk to a mentor about how they succeeded and get their opinion of your work. Number two is to recognize your expertise. This goes back to what I was just saying about identifying your strengths and acknowledging and accepting those. Remember, the article says, remember what you do well, be able to honestly and fairly recognize what you're good at and what your great qualities are. And they are there. If you can't see them, ask someone who loves you to tell you what they are. Uh, Remind yourself nobody's perfect. Uh, the article says, talk to those who've accomplished great things and find others who feel this way, this, you know, this sense of inadequacy. Give yourself credit for your accomplishments. 
And this article recommends if, if it's causing you angst or affecting your life, your ability to function, consider therapy. Some therapists, the article says, recommend a group setting in which women can see how others experience imposter syndrome or these struggles. It's often easier to observe it objectively in somebody else and then apply that observation to yourself. And the other suggestion this article had is to keep a journal of positive feedback you receive, including how you respond to it. So start paying attention when somebody compliments you on something you've done or a quality that you have, write that down and notice how you react to it. Do you dismiss it out of hand? Do you feel embarrassed or do you welcome that, that positive feedback? Give yourself some time to process that and pay attention to those sorts of things. So those are some suggestions of practical things we can do. Also understanding the concept of seasons of life, the things you're not doing or, or maybe not doing as well as you wish you were doing them. Maybe they need to wait for a different season. Uh, there are certain things you can do in, at times, things, for instance, that I can do now uh, that my children are grown and gone that I could not have done. I couldn't have spent my time and energy on them when I had five small children at home. So recognize the season of life you're in and, and recognize too that the way things are today isn't how they'll always be. Our circumstances change and that changes what we are able to do, where we're able to focus our time and our energy and our attention. But changing our mindset is something we can do right now to welcome the season we're in, acknowledge what we can do now and let some other things go. And recognizing that saying not now doesn't mean never. If, if you're feeling like there's something you're not doing well, maybe it's not the right time to be doing it. Maybe you set it aside for now and you pick it up later. Another thing to think about is to recognize and be really, we say this, but I don't know that we always really internalize the fact that social media don't present an authentic picture of other people's lives. We, we know this. We know that people don't post their failures for the most part on Instagram. They post, you know, the pictures of their Easter Sunday service, perfectly dressed family and not, you know, what they look like on early Saturday morning when they're all dragging out of bed after a late night Friday or something. But we don't, internalize it when we're looking at social media, seeing the the best highlights of other people's lives and thinking, well, my life doesn't look like that. What's wrong with me? So really recognize that social media, the, the picture we're seeing there is not authentic and it's not the whole story. And finally, of course, extend to yourself the same grace you would offer your best friend or someone you love very much. You know, give yourself credit, for instance, where credit is due. Just because you're not excelling at everything doesn't mean you're not excellent at anything. What are you good at? What would your best friend say you're good at? What would you say to your best friend who was saying to herself, what you're saying, what's wrong with me? Uh, I thought this was so good. One of the articles that I, that I looked at says, pop culture would have us believe that adequacy comes from one of only a few areas, financial success, fame, career achievement, relationship bliss, or physical appearance. We narrow our own vision accordingly and feel hopelessly inadequate if we're not rich, famous, powerful, in love, or hot. 
But this article goes on and says, these mainstays of pop culture and internet gurus are narrow and truth be told, misguided. A good life comes from so much more having integrity, being curious, a hunger to learn, doing things you love, speaking the truth, and most of all, creating and maintaining warm and loving relationships with friends and family. So if you feel like you're not measuring up, like there's something wrong with you because there are areas where you're not excelling, maybe you're looking too narrowly to find what matters to be excellent in consider that. The writer of that article that I was just quoting from also encourages us to, as, as they put it, give our best self a rest. And I thought this was so good. So think about this. This is what the writer says. Despite what every magazine cover would have us believe, it's perfectly okay not to be your best self all the time. Too often, we want people to like us or want to come across as having it all together. So we end up trying too hard. But in pushing so hard to be our best, we subtly tell ourselves that being just as we are is insufficient. The solution, it's okay not to push your best self out on stage all the time. Instead, just be yourself. And I loved this. You know, there are always articles about how to be your best self and how to, you know, make your best life. And maybe sometimes we just need to give ourselves a little bit of grace to just be who we are in the moment and recognize that that's okay. There's nothing wrong with me if I'm not my best, whatever best means, best self every minute of every day. Finally, I would end with this quote from another article called You Are Good Enough, Why Do You Feel Inadequate? And this is what this writer said. Feeling inadequate is very common for many high-achieving women. With the best intentions, your parents raised you to strive for more. They often raise us not to express our own emotions. This kind of upbringing leads to us not being in tune with our wishes, dreams, desires, and so on. Thus, we may wind up chasing dreams that aren't even our dreams. Then we compare ourselves to people who are doing things that we may not even care about deep down. Comparison contributes to our feeling of inadequacy. So pausing and living more organically can help us feel good just where we are. Figuring out who you truly are what kind of life you enjoy and what fulfills you will most likely help you realize you are enough. So those are words I hope you will take in as I, as I hope you will also take in this thought that I'm saying to you, as I'm saying to myself, just because you're not doing everything perfectly all the time, doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. You are okay, just as you are. So just go give yourself some grace to do life today as best you can. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. What, what do you think about this? Do you struggle with feeling like something's wrong with you because your house and your body and your life aren't perfect? Or have you figured out some solutions to this that you can share with us? I would really, really like to hear from you. I'd love to have a conversation about this. You could share your thoughts or your questions, your ideas on this topic in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 238. Or you can 
post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. That's available to anybody. If you're a woman who listens to this show and you're not yet in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, join us there and we can have this conversation continue there. I would love for you to be part of that. I would also appreciate it if you would help spread the word about the productive woman, about the podcast, about the community. There are lots of different ways you can do that, but the best way is to tell a friend who you think might enjoy this episode or any other. You can share any episode of the podcast by using the social sharing buttons on the post on the website. So for instance, for this one, if you go to the productivewoman.com slash 238, you'll find buttons that will allow you to share a link for this episode to your Facebook page or onto Twitter, those sorts of things. And that's a way to get the word out to expand the community and continue the conversation. You can also help uh, other people find it by leaving a review of the show in iTunes that sometimes helps people who are searching in Apple podcasts for a new podcast to listen to. Sometimes they'll look at those reviews to see if this is something they think they might enjoy. And I appreciate the feedback. Good, bad, or indifferent. I I would like to say thank you to KC from Australia, who shared a review recently, who is not loving the show that much, uh, who feels like I'm using too many words to address the topic, and that, that that's not the best use of time. I appreciate that, Casey. I appreciate hearing from you, your thoughts on that. I do try to be concise in how I address things, but maybe I'm rambling a little too much. Uh, And so I'll take that into consideration as I am putting episodes together in the future. So thank you for taking the time to share that with me. Uh, I always appreciate feedback. Before we go, I want to say a quick word about our sponsor Blinkist. You know, in today's age, it can be hard to find the time to sit down and learn more. It's not easy when social media can be so addictive and time consuming or where, you know, we have so many commitments and and obligations to deal with, uh, as we've talked about before. So maybe you don't think you have time to sit down and read a book or to develop yourself in the way you would like to. Well, there's an app that I highly recommend called Blinkist. Blinkist. Blinkist is the only app that I know of that takes the best key takeaways, the sort of need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes and lets you either read those excerpts, the, what they call blinks, or listen to them because they have an audio version of it. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of the books quickly without necessarily taking the time to read the entire book. And with that audio feature. Blinkist makes it so easy to finish as much as four books a day while you're on the go. I have the Blinkist app on my phone. So whenever I want to, I can learn something new from a great book in just 15 minutes. So if I'm waiting to to meet somebody or something like that, uh, I can pull that app up, listen to or read the Blink uh, for a, a great, motivating, inspiring, educational book. I've enjoyed reading or listening to things like Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and Simon, I think it's Sinek's book, Start With Why. And I've read or listened to those 15-minute blinks for many other books from the Blinkist Library. I really enjoy it. In many cases, getting those key points are enough that I go, I want to read the rest of this book. And you can then order it from right there, clicking on a link in the app to order the book and read the whole thing. 
So right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for Productive Woman listeners. You can try Blinkist out for free for seven full days just by visiting Blinkist.com slash TPW. So that's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven-day trial. Again, that's Blinkist.com slash TPW. And remember, Swap.com is making that special offer for listeners of The Productive Woman for their low-risk way to try uh, online thrifting. Go to Swap.com slash TPW. And once you get there, enter your email address to get the special offer and sign up to get free shipping on your first purchase. And thank you so much to Swap.com and Blinkist for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope you found something in the episode that's helpful or encouraging to you. I'd love to hear from you on this topic. I really would. So please send me an email, leave a comment, something. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.